0: Welcome to this very special episode of Screen Cleaning. I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wessinger. And if you are like us, you are probably at home right now. So we are recording this episode from our home studios and we're doing it over Zoom. So it's amazing this technology that allows us to stay on the air and to keep bringing you the very best in entertainment. And in entertainment news. And to practice a safe
1: amount of social distancing between the two of us, uh, not just six feet, but probably like six miles or more.
0: Now you can cough all you want, Cole.
1: (laughs) Oh, I should turn my mic off first.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, there's not a ton of news as far as new movie releases, because, as you know, movie theaters are closed. Uh, In fact, there is. Uh, the theaters in China were actually reopening in Shanghai and they actually closed hours after reopening. And so that was unfortunate. However, Cole, yes, there are lots of shows that are still finding a way like Jeff Goldblum life finds a way, right? They're still finding ways to connect with their viewers, to connect with their listeners and to get new content out there. What are some of the shows that are doing this, aside from screen cleaning? We're doing it, yeah.
1: So if you notice a little bit of the delay, that's something that a lot of talk shows are hitting right now. Uh, I'm a big sports fan, and a couple of my favorites, like Highly Questionable or... Uh, around the horn are doing it from home and so you have this like four box of everyone basically on a zoom meeting and talking back and forth and unsuccessfully trying to talk over one another as jeff and i will probably do a few times in this Uh, (laughs) my favorite one so far is jimmy fallon's tonight show where he's done it from his home he was kind of the first one to jump on where He's doing just like 10 to 15 minute bits. Uh, there was one interview he had with Lin-Manuel Miranda as well, where they were both in their little you know, video chat meeting rooms from their homes being
0: safely quarantined, but still adding a little bit of joy uh, out to the world. And that's what we're trying to do here on the show today. And it's going to be a special show, not only in the format But since we are recording from home because of this global pandemic, we are actually going to be talking about movies that we've watched as we've been forced to stay indoors. And later on in the program, we'll even do a little trivia contest. Well, not really a contest because I'll be asking the questions. Cole Wissinger will be answering and the listener, you can uh, you can play right along at home. Are you smarter than a radio host? Probably. (laughs) And you can play along at home because that's where you'll be, right? (laughs) So that's all coming up on the program. But as we always do, we like to share some of the the good news that is happening. And uh, Cole, I have some great news. You may have noticed that I wasn't around last week. Oh, yeah. Why was that? Well, you know, we were having a baby. (laughs) So baby number four is here. Congratulations. Thank you. He was actually a Saint Patrick's Day baby.
1: Oh, that'll be an easy birthday to remember.
0: I mean, not quite oh, yeah. the other birthday it might have been, but that's that's a separate. <laughs> My wife would not let me name him Patrick or Patty or Lucky or anything like that. So, what is does, does the, the Lucky awesome.
1: Charms Leprechaun have a name? Is that something we should know?
0: Oh. That probably is something that we should know.
1: And that's probably something I thought, she wouldn't have known. You could have snuck that in there.
0: Yeah. I would have loved to have named him lucky day, you know, from, because ha- it's kind of like a uh, St. Patrick's day name, but it's also from one of my favorite comedies of all time. Three amigos. Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway. So mommy and baby are doing just great. And, uh, I get to go hang out with them right after this recording because, just like you, I'm at home.
1: Yeah, there are advantages here to being able to work from home. Jeff is enjoying some of them. You know, we all have time to spend a little bit more time with our families, and your family is that one person bigger. You're not taking your paternity leave yet um, because you get to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Another thing that we did since we last spoke, Cole, is... We are uh, we're somebody that's trying out this new trend that we're seeing in movies that were either already in the movie theaters or were scheduled to be in the movie theaters. They're making them available for on demand viewing at a premium price. We're used to kind of six dollars being the high point of that uh, of that price. But now we're seeing that at twenty dollars. So we coughed up 20 bucks to watch. Which one? Which, Emma. So that's one yeah. that, that Rod Gustafson actually said that he paid the
1: $20 to see last week as well. If you want to hear Rod's review of Emma, that was a couple of weeks ago in our podcast feed. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, or Rod talked about it again, as well as the list of all of the home video releases that you can check out on demand in last week's episode. We always recommend checking out our archive.
0: Yeah, and we really enjoyed it. A, a really fun, quirky take on this Jane Austen novel, Emma. Have you read um, the novel so, before?
1: Did you kind of know where it was coming oh, from? Oh, no. Yeah, no. me neither.
0: And in fact, you know, most people when they're watching an adaptation of Emma are probably comparing it to the book, right? But since I've never read the book, the entire time we were watching this movie, I kept turning to my wife and saying, okay, so that character was like this character in Clueless, right? So the whole time <laughs> I was measuring it against Clueless using that as my point of reference, and it worked actually really well. So, Clueless was a pretty faithful adaptation for you.
1: Like you were able to keep I, track of. The... I
0: think so. That's pretty I good. I think so. I could predict what was going to hap- happen in the movie based on what I knew about Clueless. So, if you if you go with Clueless as your reference point, you're going to be right most of the time. <laughs> Any other news we should be talking about, Cole?
1: Well, I've just been keeping track of, like, other releases and other ways that companies are kind of making it easier for us. We've talked about the way that these movie production companies are bringing the theaters into our homes. And other companies are kind of catching charge. All of the fast food apps and places that I frequent have been making delivery free. Yeah. Still yes. t- tip your drivers, people. It's not free-free, but it's... You know, free-ish. Free. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But then I also got a notification. I'm a Hulu subscriber along with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, and they are bringing ABC News to just the normal Hulu. You don't have to have the live TV along with it so that you can stay informed and, and be a part of all of this news that is happening. As most of us have cut the cord and gone away from cable News is something that you've had to find other outlets to find, and when there's a global pandemic going on, sometimes the news becomes a little bit more important, and and you do need to stay a little bit more plugged back in, even after cutting the cord. Hulu has made the news right there for you. Uh, My cell phone distributor has given me a, a little bit extra data this month because they realized that we've all just been on our phones waiting for the next big update. Netflix has pushed out Ozark season three a little bit early. We mentioned Disney Plus putting out Frozen 2 a little bit early and also onward now as well. So it's cool that some of these, you know, everyone's just trying to adapt to our new lives quarantined. And that includes all of our media things as well.
0: Cole, I cut a cord on St. Patrick's Day. Yes,
1: I can imagine. (laughs) Different kind of cord cutting.
0: Yeah. Cole, everything that's been going on lately and measures that are being taken so that we can continue to enjoy some of this entertainment that is being paid for and produced. It makes me think of a scene in the film when Harry met Sally. You know, this is the film, this is like one of the greatest examples of the will-they-won't-they they between Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. They spend the whole movie kind of crossing crossing paths, and they have various relationships independent of each other. And there's a scene in the film, at this point in the film, I think they're friends, and they call each other up on the phone They and the phone has a cord in it, mind you. So that gives you an idea of the time period in which this movie came out. Oh, yeah, before cell phones. And yeah, they're watching Casablanca on TV and they're communicating about it over the phone with each other. And I understand that Netflix is going to be coming out with some sort of a feature that will basically allow us to do something very similar to that. Isn't that right, Cole? It's third party
1: apart from Netflix itself. But someone has gone to the – taken the initiative and made this Google Chrome extension. So you just – it's so simple to get on. You just Google it in your Chrome browser, Netflix party. And it's it's a quick download to the to where you just kind of press that little Chrome extension. It shows up at the top of your browser when you're in Netflix. You can send a little invite invitation, like we're all being com- becoming very familiar with doing. Via Zoom, uh, You send a little invite to all your friends. And then when you start Netflix, start watching whatever it is, they can watch along with you. It shows a little chat on the right side of your screen. And if anyone in the party wants to pause and go take a bathroom break or grab some snacks from their fridge uh, because, you know, everyone's at home and you have that leisure to yeah. do, uh, you can do that. And it'll pause it for everyone so you don't have to like sync up watching things, or you don't have to like find a channel that it's on and then also sit through the commercials. It's all right there in your browser. Netflix yeah, party is what it's called.
0: It's amazing. People are really having to get creative, Cole, because we all just crave that connection with other people. I I did something kind of similar to this last night. I started a Zoom chat with a bunch of friends. And we just played an online uh, computer game and we were all able to talk to each other while we were playing this. I know that's not a novel idea, but it's not something I would normally have done. So it's causing people like me to really step outside of a different kind of, of comfort zone, right? And to engage in activities and in media that i wouldn't normally engage in jeffrey i
1: don't get to talk about video games enough on this program and animal crossing (laughs) just came out this week just in time it's one of those open world explore kind of games where it was one of the first games to have a ticking clock inside the system where if you get on it at midnight it's also midnight in that world and it kind of runs real time animal crossing is a very unique kind of free-flowing, relaxing game that is a really good fit for what people are looking for right now. I've gotten uh, very much back into playing games like Fortnite or Halo or some of my favorite shoot-em-up games... With my buddies, because we're all normally we would gather together and have those big uh, back in back in the day. It was the LAN parties or or just where you connect your cables and, and do a system link. But now we do. We have the Internet. And even though we are being physically isolated, we can be socially together.
0: Right. And I think it's so important, Cole, to look for the silver lining in every situation that we find ourselves in. And there are certainly silver linings that we can find in this global pandemic that we're in the midst of right now, and especially when it comes to entertainment. And so, Cole, I'm often bemoaning the fact that there's just so much content and there's never enough time to get through it all. Well, we find ourselves in this unique situation where we actually are just being asked to stay at home. And do we now find ourselves with a little more time to engage in some of this content that we've had in our queues forever and ever and ever. So when we return, Cole and I want to talk about some of these TV shows and movies that we finally had time to get to and that we are enjoying during this time of quarantine. That's all up next here on Screen Cleaning. been meaning to watch that. I've been meaning to watch that. Hey, that, f- that, was, that was pretty good considering we're on a Zoom chat together and we're not even in the same room.
1: I mean, I'm glad it sounded good uh, from your angle because I heard a little bit of a delay over here. But that's what you get. <laughs> this is screen cleaning. Jeff's all the way over in his home and I'm self-isolated as well. And uh, we're trying to bring the show to you anyway. And one of the ways we're doing that is with a recurring segment on the program. I've been meaning to watch that.
0: Right, and a week or two ago on the show, Cole, we made a commitment—a solid, firm commitment. You are always picking on me for the fact that I have just never gotten around to finishing the Mandalorian. I've seen an episode or two. It was so and, good, uh, you know. Then I'm always getting on your case about another show that I is a favorite of mine. It's really the only television show that I watch unfold as it's released. Uh, each and every week, and that is Better Call Saul.
1: One that I now have a little bit more perspective on. So two weeks ago, we challenged each other to watch these two 10-episode seasons of television that each other loves and that we have been meaning to watch, and now we've had two weeks of self-isolation to get it done, and I've done my part. Jeff, have you watched The Mandalorian?
0: Okay, Cole. First of all, your task was a little bigger than mine because (laughs) I only had eight episodes to get through, right? And really, I'd seen a couple of them already, so I really only had to get through five or six of them. However, I did kind of uh, put it off to the very last minute and I, like, cramming for a test, I binged it all in a couple of nights. But I'm so glad that I did, Cole, because what i witnessed on this disney plus show was so much better than what i've been seeing disney put out in the theaters in the star wars universe it's just this wonderful tv show that is action-packed suspenseful and that gives you characters that you really care about and really now has this it's part of the this uh one thing that they've done that has really become part of the zeitgeist is they've given us a character called baby Yoda. You're already familiar with baby Yoda, even if you haven't seen this show, Absolutely. right? Cole? And apparently all these toys that, uh, these baby Yoda toys that you can buy in stores are completely sold out because who doesn't love a baby Yoda? I, you know, I being, being, seeing as how I was about to have a baby, I was thinking, you know, I probably would not mind if my baby came out looking like a baby Yoda <laughs> because he's just so darn adorable. At least you didn't Granted, name him Yoda. That's right. My My baby boy is super adorable as well, and he doesn't need the the big, long, green ears to do it. But this is a show, like I said, Cole, that I, I can't wait for it to come out with season two, and I understand I this may change, but it was scheduled to come out this year, And I love that there are even a couple of the episodes that work really well as standalone episodes. There's one episode in particular that I'm thinking of that has become my favorite episode of this series. And really, like I said, it's one that could stand on its own. You don't necessarily have to have seen the other episodes to appreciate it. And it's the most intense of the episodes and uh it is it is focuses... it
1: the heist, heisty
0: one? because that's my favorite with Bill Burr. Are you talking about are you talking about the prisoner? Uh-huh. That is the one. There you go. So the Mandalorian is he's just going on this mission to earn some money and he crosses paths with this this guy that he used to do business with. And really, he's going into a situation that is basically, You know, we need General Akbar here to say it's a trap because it it totally is a trap
1: way going in. Yeah.
0: But the casting is great in this episode because you've got uh, the uh, the girl with the the little hairdo thing. I don't know what those things are. She's got on the back of her head, (laughs) but she's a she's a prominent cast member from the Harry Potter films. You've got it was the girl um, that plays Tonks in Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. You've got Bill Burr, who is a stand-up comedian playing like this really kind of bad guy who's really good with these guns that he's got. And then you've got the actor that does the voice or does a voice from SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, so just great casting in this episode. And it's very intense and one that can be enjoyed on its own. My favorite of the entire series and like i said i can't wait for the second season to come out the the
1: concept art that they kind of have at the end of every episode of the mandalorian while that beautiful score is playing is some oh, of my favorite beautiful. part of every episode and and it's high definition. I, I remember I was watching that episode in particular. It got to the place where they kind of had the drawing of that Motley Crew, and I pressed pause right as like the credits were fading out, and it was just that picture. I took a screenshot on my computer, and I just made it my desktop background at the time. Like, the, It's beautiful. It captures. I love The Mandalorian. I love what that is doing. And you mentioned how some of those episodes stand alone, but there was still an overarching arc that it got back to eventually. I think that lent itself to the fact that Disney Plus was airing these episodes, an episode at a time, once a week as it goes. You, you talk yeah. about how that's how you watch Better Call Saul. I cannot imagine having to watch Better Call Saul like that because that's a show that at the end of every single episode they send you out a teaser, like, "Ooh, what's going to happen?" And you have to watch the very next episode. I I binged through. You know, I started with a task a little bit larger than yours in the first place. I am already in season three of Better Call Saul because I couldn't stop watching it.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to hear you say this, Cole. I knew And it, it just gets better and better. So
1: my problem, and, and this kind of comes back to it, I remember in 2014 where I was sitting because I, since I've lived in Utah, I've moved every single year. And so I remember which apartment <laughs> I was in. I know that Better Call Saul started in 2014, and I remember watching it. ...as it went. I hadn't caught up to Breaking Bad at the time, but I was really into the first half of the first season of Better Call Saul. But college and life and everything got in the way where I couldn't tune in every Monday at that time. And so I missed an episode, and then the next episode I was entirely lost, and then I just kind of stopped. And I haven't gotten back to it. But now that five seasons are on Netflix... I am going through and watching every single one. So even though I did start with a base, I have seen them before. I started right with episode one of season one and have now watched two and a half seasons worth. I'm going to get through season five. And then I need to I need to be able to like look up and maybe time this so that I can also stream season six so I can keep my momentum going because it has been so, so, so good.
0: Wow, Cole. I think you and I have learned something about each other in that, is uh, we won't give in to the social pressure until we are in a situation where we can just binge every episode of something.
1: <laughs> yeah, when a worldwide pandemic confines us to our house for fourteen consecutive days, then maybe we can get on the bandwagon and acknowledge that these shows that everyone else
0: loves—they're uh, pretty good. And one thing that that uh, these two TV shows do really, really well—and I mentioned it earlier. Is that uh, they present these characters that you actually care about, which is actually a bigger feat to accomplish with Better Call Saul because you know where this character ends up and he's not a good guy. And yet on Better Call Saul, you're rooting for him. Not because not in the same way you're rooting for Walter White or you're curious to see how Walter White is gonna get out of his Yeah, that's latest a that's a better way to say
1: it. Just curious how the tale of Walter White will go. I was never really rooting for him to do what he was trying to
0: do. Right. But you are rooting for this character, uh Jimmy McGill, who goes on to become uh Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman. Yeah, Saul <laughs> yeah, Goodman. I was I was really saddened by some of the deaths in the Mandalorian. So I mean, when you have a science fiction show with ridiculous dialogue and funny looking characters that can make you care as much as you do, then that's that's quality TV right there.
1: And and so I, I've been watching. I've been expanding my Disney Plus watching as well, and started a little bit of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which was a cartoon uh, that a lot of people also will highly, highly recommend. It's it's kind of geared towards kids, and some of the droid humor is definitely, you know, juvenile, and it's going in that direction. But it's a pretty <laughs> good put-together show. The thing I noticed about it in the Star Wars canon that's going to come back kind of the, to The Mandalorian is that those episodes seem shorter than they should be. When you watch as much television as Jeff and I do, you start to get a real feel for what you can do ...during the course of an hour-long show... ...or when they cut out the commercials... ...a 42-minute show... ...or a 24-minute show... ...in the case of a half-hour program... those, ...those Star Wars Clone Wars... ...episodes... Just Some of them, like if you cut off the previously on The Clone Wars and and skip to the next episode before it goes to credits, they're like 17 or 18 minutes. The thing that took me off guard and that I loved about The Mandalorian is that it was very unpredictable how long the episodes would be. And it seemed like each director, each storyteller, got to just tell the story they wanted to do. And when they were done, they were done. And sometimes that was a half-hour show without commercials. Sometimes it was creeping up into an hour. And and that variability also kind of puts you off for a second. You didn't know what to expect. And once your expectations are gone, then it can really full fully you know, form an idea and, and tell the story that it wants to do.
0: Cole, I'm going to make a commitment right here and now that by the at the end of this episode, I'm going to end it by saying, I have spoken. Or maybe we can say we have spoken.
1: <laughs> we can try to time it up again. That won't go well.
0: That that is probably my favorite part of our piece of dialogue from the entire series. I have spoken was Nick Nolte saying, I have spoken. I mean this is anyway, the way it sounds it sounds
1: like a good way to go.
0: What else are you watching, Cole,
1: as you're stuck at home? Oh, and there has been so much You talked earlier about that Netflix queue and how it can get kind of out of control sometimes. I weeded it down a little bit. I took some things off the list, but I also got into a couple movies that had been sitting there for for just so long and maybe I avoided because they're too long. So there's there's a movie that I mentioned to you that's a very critically acclaimed movie, has a great performance in it, but I'd never watched because it's two and a half hours and... And it's very dry if you get started on it, and it's there will be blood. It's it's a dan it's a classic Daniel Day Lewis performance. I didn't end up loving it as much as I kind of hoped I would. As much as the critics say that it's one of the greatest movies of this millennium, it's sitting there on Netflix, and it's long. And so I figured I've got some time. Let's let's get into it.
0: Okay. Wow, Cole, two and a half hours is too long for you.
1: It is, I mean, yeah, So that's not to mention the three hours that I did very much enjoy when I rewatched Avengers Endgame. Also, this past week,
0: <laughs> I wish I could have seen Avengers Endgame at home because almost at the half, not even at the halfway point, when when we saw that goal in the movie theaters, I started to realize that the cherry coke that I had consumed during the movie was a huge mistake, and I experienced pain like i hadn't experienced ever before uh for the remainder of that movie it was i kind of was barely able to crawl out of the movie theater (laughs) afterwards to the bathroom
1: it was truly relaxing to be able to know what is coming and right after hulk snaps his fingers and thanos shows up i just hit pause and i went and i took a bathroom break from the comfort of my own home and then i came back and then we got just that hour straight blast of action and intensity and taking it through and and that's a that's one you're always allowed to skip credits you know when you're watching tv and and movies on your various streaming platforms that's one where i watch all the credits even though there's nothing at the end per se there's there's a little sound effect right but just to see the way they stylized the avengers names at the end to see that again this is the first time i've gone back and watched it all sitting at home. I saw it, I think three times in theaters. Um, It's still so good.
0: Okay. Let me give you an option for a show that when you don't have three hours, or if you don't want to spend three hours in front of the television, uh, I walked in on my kids watching this new Netflix show and I loved it. They're just like these bite-sized, well, relative to three hours of, (laughs) of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Uh, really these bite-sized episodes of something that is, can be so universal in its appeal. Anytime you're able to pull off comedy, uh, any, I mean, in general is, is a good thing. And it can be miraculous, right? Okay. But it can be especially miraculous when you're able to pull off comedy without any dialogue, right? That's, that's kind of the genius of Mr. Bean, for example, is that, You can watch him in any language, in any country, and he's still funny, right? I could watch Chevy Chase trip over his own feet time and time again. There you go. But this one is especially impressive because there is zero dialogue, and it is a show called Sean the Sheep Adventures from Mossy Bottom. And it's, like I said, brand new on Netflix. This is not the first time we've seen Shaun the Sheep. He's had a couple of movies. He's had a show that's been around for a while. But uh, my kids light up and get so excited anytime they see Shaun the Sheep show up. And when Shaun the Sheep shows up in other uh, Ardman Productions, Ardman is the company that puts out Shaun the Those Sheep. Those cute little stop motion, for, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, Wallace and Gromit, Um, they just get so excited. And so I sat down and watched an episode or two with them and they're really funny. And again, they're only like 10, 12, 13 minutes long. So if you have a limited time, but you still want to be entertained then, and you also want to give your kids kind of a time limit on the TV that they're watching. Cause that's going to be important. Right, you're right. But, I would recommend Shaun the Sheep, and I can't wait to watch more of them.
1: I I, I need to put a time limit on my own screen t- screen time. We talk about screen time for kids, and I've had to watch it um, with all of this time all of a sudden on my hand, and you know there are times where. You're- if you have the flexibility to work from home, sometimes you don't get so much work done. And so uh, that that kind of thing. And, and that's going to be a topic for next week or, or two weeks from now, actually. It's worth noting that next week is the General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's on a Saturday. And so we will not have a new episode next week. But two weeks from now, we will be sitting with—sorry. Uh, Do- Two weeks from now, we will be sitting with Rod Gustafson and his wife Donna, who will be bringing us some ideas on how to work media with your kids as everyone's kind of working into a home school and work from home environment. How you can look at screen time and look at media to do good things for your family as you're all kind of together. That's something to look forward to in a couple weeks here on Screen Cleaning.
0: So, Cole, there's really only one other thing I've I've been watching other than Better Call Saul as it unfolds, I might yes. add. I'm currently in season five, which is the season that they're on. Um, I stayed up super late last night to watch a documentary that I wanted to to go see in the movie theaters, wasn't available to do that. And so I wanted to rent it, never got around to it. And I just noticed that it is available now on Amazon Prime. And it's actually a documentary, a, a type of movie that you and I, Cole, don't watch too many of them, right? Yes. And the reason I wanted to watch this is because it's it's about a movie that I happen to love quite a, quite a bit. And it's interesting because the the source material for this Movie and I'm not talking about the documentary. Uh, this is getting super confusing. I'm just gonna say what the name of the documentary is, and then we'll go from there. okay. The name of the documentary is Never Surrender, which Does that is sound familiar of Cole?
1: course, based on Galaxy
0: Quest isn't it? right, yeah, and so you get you get cast interviews from everybody in the cast, with the exception of Alan Rickman, of course, who passed away. But I love Galaxy Quest so much that I was so intrigued by this documentary and I wanted to hear the stories behind the scenes and I wanted to hear about... There were a lot of things that I did not know. I didn't know that Harold Ramis was originally slated to direct the film. And you get to find out all the other actors that the producers and the filmmakers wanted to cast in Tim Allen's role. Tim Allen was not the first person that they had in mind. They had, you get to find out about some of the other casting choices that kind of fell through the cracks. It's just a super entertaining, quick hour and a half. And like I said, you can find it on Amazon Prime, and you definitely should. And if you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, come on. You got it. You got to watch that. Check while that you're one stuck out too.
1: It's actually the people behind the YouTube series Honest Trailers, the Screen Junkies folks, that made right. this Galaxy Quest documentary. It's it's kind of born out of YouTube and just a love of movies, and a bunch of movie fans get to make a movie about a movie that they enjoy. I've been trying to kind of get into the spirit of uh, self isolation with some of my movie picks, but the thing that I realized uh, immediately as I was looking for films to watch, is that if you're going for an idea of self-isolation, you're starting in the horror genre and you're going from there. There's not a lot of like hope out of the idea of (laughs) self-isolation, honestly. I rewatched Moon this week, which is only R-rated for a few too many swear words. There's no other content that you really need to worry about. And it is a cool idea-based movie, and it lends itself easily to rewatching because even after you see the spoiler of, you know, the concept of how Sam Rockwell is working on the moon, uh, it's still enjoyable to rewatch and to notice more things as you watch it again. I've also been missing sports a lot. And so I went back and watched a movie starring Keanu Reeves, PG-13, called The Replacements, which is a story about when ah. sports were gone for a second. It's so it's it's a fictionalized account of something that did sort of happen in the real life NFL when the when the players went on strike to in order to get a, a larger cut of the large amounts of revenue that's based out of sports and that the billionaire owners often take a, a ton of They went on strike and then there were a lot of replacement players that came in for three games to kind of keep the season going. This is a fictional story about that starring Keanu Reeves and John Favreau playing like a meathead linebacker and a bunch of other guys that it's interesting to see. Didn't love it, but I was trying to, you know, kind of remember, oh, yeah, we've gone without sports before. We can do it again.
0: And I love the fact that you brought up Sam Rockwell because he is one of the funnier characters in Galaxy Quest. It's really an ensemble piece, but he's fantastic in it. Cole, you mentioned that uh, you're kind of watching some horror films and maybe some horror films that that talk about isolation. And when we return, I'm going to give you a little bit of a quiz and see just how well... You know your pandemic movies. And that's coming up next here on Screen Cleaning.
1: No, my friends. This
0: is now the United States of Zombieland. Land. <laughs> Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. We're calling this Screen Cleaning the Quarantine Edition. Isn't that right, Cole? Uh, That's what we're going with now. (laughs) Because Cole and I are both independently in isolation, but we did not want to miss out on the opportunity to continue to bring you the very best in entertainment. So you, the listener, are going to have an opportunity to play along at home in this uh, trivia game that I'm going to play now with Cole Wissinger, Cole is also always presenting himself as this horror aficionado. I've got to say though, not every movie or television show that will be covered in this trivia game is going to be a part of the horror genre. That's There's okay. There's probably going to be some. There will be some sci-fi, some comedy. Just know that the movies and TV shows that we're going to be talking about and asking questions about have to do with entertainment that deals with pandemics, right? And that takes many forms. That could be a disease, that could be um, you know, an an, an apocalyptic event. I'm sure zombies could... will
1: make an appearance.
0: Okay, all right. That could also there could also be a supernatural element to this as well. So just be aware as we go into this, I've got 10 questions for you. And why not start out with one that is not going to be a challenge for you at all, Cole? Okay. And uh, I let's love when just you preface right it in.
1: like that because that means I will look extra silly when I don't know the answer.
0: Oh, it's it's so easy. Even a baby Yoda could answer it. Keep lowering those okay. expectations. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a a film. This is we'll call it an apocalyptic film of sorts. Okay, it's a comedy. In addition to trying to stay alive, Woody Harrelson's character in this film is on the hunt for this cream-filled treat,
1: a confectionery item brought to us by Hostess from the movie Zombieland. He's looking for his Twinkies.
0: Ding 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 ding. That is correct, Cole. And it's kind of interesting because I, I believe not too long after the movie came out, Hostess did kind of go bankrupt there for a while. And you couldn't get a hold of some of those Hostess. They treats. discontinued so,
1: the Twinkie for at least four months. Uh, I had my own stockpile. Uh, so far, my preparation for this particular pandemic, Twinkies haven't gotten bad on me yet. So the advertising is uh, true to form.
0: All right. So Cole, we know that at uh behind this global pandemic, this actual life pandemic that we're in right now, there's uh, we're thinking that there's a snake that's to to blame for the coronavirus, right? I've heard
1: bats, I've heard various uh different animals possibly.
0: Okay. Well, at the heart of this or the 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 being that is to blame for the virus in this 1995 thriller is actually a monkey that would be uh, this is this is a great
1: one so uh this is one of the two global pandemic movies i think that have kind of become more popular to stream since our real life pandemic has started. It's not Contagion because that was 2011, not 95. It's one that I haven't actually seen, but I did start. I watched the first maybe 10 seconds of it on Netflix before I paused, put it on the list, figured I'd watch it later. But within the first 10 seconds of Outbreak, a monkey does just come up and surprise you on the screen. So I'm going to guess that it's Outbreak.
0: That is correct, Cole. Good for you. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's been it's been in the news a lot lately. Not simply not simply just because it's very timely, but I think it came out to what like 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's on people's minds for sure. Uh here's another one, Cole, that um shouldn't be too too hard of a question for you. Bring it on. This film about a pandemic was directed by Academy Award-winning director Steven Soderbergh. Ooh, so Soderbergh has brought us a few different genres,
1: right? He's he's the guy behind Logan Lucky, which is a hilarious movie. Uh, He's behind The Laundromat, which was on Netflix exclusively just last year. But the one about... A pandemic specifically is, in fact, the other one that I just mentioned. It's 2011's Contagion, starring Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon.
0: That's correct. And that's the only one of those two films that I have not seen. I have seen Outbreak, but I have yet to watch Contagion. I suggested watching that with my wife, and she's like, no, why would I watch that? <laughs> well, Jeff,
1: uh, we, two weeks ago we gave each other, and I've been meaning to watch that, of television proportions. Would you care to to place another, I've been meaning to watch that, commitment on watching these films? You know, the the Outbreak movie that we haven't seen. I've not seen Outbreak yet. You've not seen Contagion. You want to make it official?
0: Let's do it, Cole. Okay. Huh. Huh. I've been meaning to watch that. I've been meaning to watch that. There it is. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of Academy Award winning uh, people or even nominated people, This is a film that is, again, kind of an apocalyptic film that garnered Brad Pitt his first Oscar nomination. Um, So I'm going to make an assumption that he
1: was not nominated for World War Z, even though that is an Outbreak movie starring Brad Pitt. I'm not sure if I know the
0: answer. And again, I I don't think this one is necessarily a pandemic. It's more of an apocalyptic film. And you and I were just having a conversation the other day about how Bruce Willis tends to do movies with numbers in the title. Bruce Willis is also in this film. Oh, and, and we were
1: talking about monkeys with Outbreak.
0: Is it? That is true.
1: Twelve monkeys? Ding, 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 ding. Gotcha. That is correct. Hey, give me that another chance. As- I like it.
0: That gave him his first Oscar nomination, 12 Monkeys. Very good. All right, Cole, let's get back to a genre that you care deeply about. I'm not sure if you've seen this film. I have not seen this film. But you mentioned zombies and, you know, that's kind of a – that comes to mind quite a bit when you talk about pandemics. Infections,
1: going out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, The events of this zombie film take place at a radio station, which I thought was very fitting. Really? So I'm pretty
1: sure I've seen every zombie movie that's ever been made. I don't remember one off the top of my head that's at a radio station.
0: Okay, this one is a little trickier than... um, No, you don't get any more clues. Okay, fine. (laughs) Maybe the listeners know more about zombies than me. What's the answer? The answer is Pontypool. Uh,
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's a different kind of zombie. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I've seen it. Uh, It's been a couple years, but you're right.
0: Oh, you have seen it? Okay. All right, Cole. Um, Let's go with the only TV show that we've got on the list here. The Walking Dead. No, no, no. Dang. Um, this is a, a TV show that I did watch. Oh, fear the Walking and Dead, And it deals with a virus. And I thought, uh, I thought, well, let me just, let me give you the clue. Okay. So the character in this television show travels around the country looking for other survivors of this virus. And he informs other potential survivors that he is quote, alive in tucson which i thought would have been a great alternate title for this television show
1: i oh is it one that you are a big fan of
0: yes and it's a comedy
1: okay and maybe starring will forte
0: yes is it last man on earth that is correct interesting this is a this is a show that went for ran for 4 seasons it's one of those shows where It's so entertaining, and yet you think, surely, based on this premise, there's no way it'll be renewed past season one. And it just kept hanging on there by a thread. And I would have been much happier had they ended it after season three because it has such a fantastic ending. Uh, There were some very clever episodes in season four, but for the most part, I wish they would have ended it after season three. You can check that out on Hulu as well. All right, Cole. Just a few more here. Okay. This this film uh, takes place in a world where women are now infertile, and so there are no children being born. Oh, the, and, and, and so this is when, one
1: of the best. Yeah, that's one of the best concept end of the world dystopia kind of movies. And. Um, done very very well a beautifully shot movie it's it's very understated it's very calming it's not your world war z kind of crazed end of the world but in children of men it's a very it's a very
0: serious take on what the end of the world could look like correct all right cole you may know that richard matheson wrote the novel i am legend and, in fact, there is a film version of I Am Legend starring Will Smith. But can you tell me, there have been several other adaptations of I Am Legend. Can you tell me the name of one of the other film adaptations of I Am Legend? Ooh.
1: I'm not sure if, I mean, it's very, very possible that I have seen them. Because, again, I've seen quite a few zombie movies in my day. But I don't know any that were actually based on the Richard Matheson book. No. No.
0: Well, one of them would be a movie that came out in the 60s called The Last Man on Earth. Ah. Uh-huh. And another one starring Charlton Heston called The Omega Man. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> the streets of L.A. burning. Yeah, I've I've
1: seen it for sure. Didn't there know it you was go. based on the same book. You learned something Getting new.
0: back to zombies, Cole. This is a movie in which the zombies can actually get better like their health can improve um so <laughs> uh there's one movie i don't know if it's the one
1: you're thinking of but this does happen in the zom romcom uh warm bodies is that, what... that is correct, Cole.
0: <laughs> that is correct. I mean,
1: surely there might be a couple others, but that's the first one that I think of, and that movie is much, much better uh, than it deserves to be. It's it is just straight out of the page. You talk about being based on a Richard Matheson book. That one is just straight based on Romeo and Juliet, but just a wonderfully cute, amazing. Yes, I, I'm so glad okay. that you came to the came to the show today with uh, warm bodies up your sleeve. <laughs>
0: I left my favorite for the last, Cole. Okay, this is another. Uh, this is another film series that is based on a book. There are four vil- four versions of this film, and this story introduced us to Pod People.
1: Yes. So uh, it's ba- So do I need to do I need the uh, the name of the book because I know the names, the various names that the various movies have taken apart and put on there it's going to be some iteration of invasion of the body snatchers whether it's just body yes. snatchers or just invasion or just okay
0: a Jeff just picture Donald Sutherland rearing his head back pointing out his finger and going <laughs> yep I love Adds it to the movie okay Cole you only missed one or two that's really good good for you And hopefully the listeners did pretty good, too. I I like this sort of thing. We should do it more often. Okay, Cole, when we return, we're going to do a little panning for good. And as I promised, it's going to be about popcorn. What would be more fitting than that? That's up next on Screen Cleaning. Cole, we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now the fact that movie theaters are closing their doors and having to send their employees home because we can't congregate, right, Cole? But one thing that a a movie theater owner is doing is he is trying to keep his employees on, trying to get them some money by at least, at the very least, selling concessions. (laughs) <laughs> and he has these drive-up concessions where people can come and buy a large bucket of popcorn for three dollars. And by doing this, he is allowing his employees to stay on the payroll for in some form or another. And his name is Mike Omira, and he owns a couple of theaters in Fairfax, Virginia. And this is what he says about the situation: It's horrible. All my life, I've had all kinds of tragedies, but I've never had a problem missing a meal or sleeping. This has been bugging me. I've been waking up in the middle of the night. As a 67-year-old, you're supposed to get sleep, but I haven't been able to. And so he had this wonderful idea. I have lots of kids working here, he says, that make a living on a shoestring, and I can't pay that well. They can't afford to lose more than one or two shifts a week, and I don't know what to do. So he comes up with this idea. Uh, to continue selling popcorn uh, at as a on a drive up basis to his customers, and they've been pulling in a few hundred dollars a day in concession sales. And uh, he he says, "I'll do what I can to get these kids paid." So, Mr. Mark Omira, that's we tip our hat to you, and we are so excited that you are finding ways to help people stay connected to the movies, and more importantly to get your employees the pay that they so dearly need in this difficult time.
1: That, that is the That's more good. importantly. I, I thought the more importantly for you was that we could still get that movie theater popcorn because the popcorn at the movie theaters, we all know, it tastes a little bit better than what comes out of that microwave that you're getting when you're stuck home in quarantine
0: cole i love movie theater popcorn but even i've got my priorities straight right <laughs> we love
1: movie theater popcorn we love supporting small business even more beautiful story that's what painting forgets all about love it
0: and as long as these movie theaters are closed we are going to continue to love watching movies at home and uh, when we come across some ones that we feel are good enough to talk about on the program we're going to let you know i'm jeff simpson and i'm cole wessinger And we're here, we're going to be here each and every week here on BYU Radio at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And uh, until next time, we'll see you at the movies.